0: Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this week's episode, I was joined by Lazara Canton as we talked about that power that we all have within us to transform our lives. Really fascinating conversation, talking about choice, about that deep knowing. I loved the point that Lazara makes in it about she knew what it was like to be the very worst version of herself and therefore she knew how she had to turn herself around a fantastic conversation I hope that you enjoy it Lazara, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast
1: Thank you, I'm really excited to be here Thank
0: you. Yes, and we've met in person recently which has been lovely but tell me a wee bit about you
1: So, my name's Lizard Canton. I'm a mindset healer and author. And a lot of the times people go, what is a mindset healer, what do you do? So, I work with people to help them transform their lives, regardless of their circumstances. Um, I haven't always done that. I previously worked in learning and development and ended up in leadership development for most of my career. You see, I'm absolutely obsessed with people becoming the best version of themselves. So, I feel like I've spent my entire adult life researching, training, coaching people to go, right, you can do anything. (laughs) Believe me, let me show you how. Uh And that's how I got to where I am now.
0: Great, thank you. So I'm excited. I know you've been thinking about this. Tell me, Lazara, what do you know
1: for sure? So what I know for sure is that we all have this power within us to completely transform our lives, Mm -hmm. regardless of the current circumstances of our external situation. And how do you know that? So, if I look back at my life, um, I've had a remarkable life, and I'm only 44, I keep saying to people, and I say it's remarkable, and it's had it's been filled with tragedy from age eight, just before my ninth birthday, my dad dropped dead in front of me on the beach in Spain, I couldn't help him, uh, me, my sister, and my mum uh, emigrated back to Scotland, I was born in Scotland, moved to Spain, but then we moved back after my dad died, sadly, and we built, rebuilt our lives again and then my sister was killed in a car accident when I was 14. She was only 19. And so what actually happened to me, Anne, is that fast forward a few years and I was on my knees. Mm. I was a complete wreck. In fact, it got to the point where there was an intervention where people were saying I was taking heroin. I was a heroin addict because that's how I must have been appearing to people. And I wasn't, I hadn't touched it. I'd been offered it and almost took it, but I hadn't touched that taking everything else and drinking everything kicked out the house but it really occurred to me at that point like wow isn't it interesting that I'm not even bothered that people are thinking that of me Mm. and I started to get this I started to like lean into that and started to get like a call and a little bit of an itchiness inside around look what the hell are you doing and I remembered after my sister had died my mum who was a beautiful, most positive, uplifting women. She had grabbed me by the shoulders on that morning when we found out my sister was killed and she said, look, we've got a choice here, Lazara. We can go down a whole rabbit hole of grief and have a completely crap life or we can turn this around and we can have a magnificent life. And I really believed her when she said that at that point. But then to all the grief and all the crap, and not having any support, not going to counselling, and being strong for my mum—like everybody was telling me to do—I just got completely lost. Thankfully, when I was eighteen, at that point, after not long after the intervention, I started to remember that point. Look, I've got a choice here, mm. and what I then—and that's where thats how I became obsessed with development and growth because I know what it's like to be the absolute worst version of myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, there's got to be a better way than this. So then I started to look into it. I started to, even just the basic things of hydrating, exercising, eating right, sleeping properly and looking at right. If I can get those things right, then what else can I get right? And then built my life up from there.
0: Uh-huh. Gosh, there's so much in that, isn't there? <laughs> I, I think, and I think I love their... I love is love the right word that you said. There's a lot of wisdom in saying I know what it's like to be the the very worst version of myself. And I'm thinking, can I tap into that? And I don't I don't know. It's not it's not occurring to me instantly. Mm-hmm. So there's there's obviously real vulnerability and being able to look look at your life and say, I can identify with me at my worst. What is your feeling for self when you do that? I think initially.
1: There was a lot of shame you know like oh my god how could i have wasted those years when my sister and my dad never had the chance to and by the way my dad was only 44 he was the exact same age as i am right now and I, there was a lot of shame and regret of how i dealt with that i could have been there for my mum better i could have but then you know what see as i actually started to get my life back in order that feeling of shame began to be replaced with that power that I was talking about, with that knowing that it's all going to be okay. And not only is it all going to be okay if I get this right, it can be absolutely phenomenal.
0: Where did the knowing come from? Because you're saying that and I talk about knowing. It's one of my favourite hashtags. Oh really? <laughs> it is. It is. But because I think there is a deep knowing and I can, I can settle myself into that when I know. So I agree with you, right? Mm-hmm. I can have a deep mm-hmm. knowing that it's all going to be all right. Sometimes though, when I'm speaking to a friend or somebody within the work I do and they're talking to me saying, but you know, it's going to be okay. And they really don't know. They feel as if they really don't know. And all I can do with that is try and get them to a place where do you know then? where? How far up the ladder can mm-hmm. we get of knowing so you can be there? And when you stand yeah. on that rung, then you'll get to the, the the knowing that you need. How did you get that sense of knowing? How do you tap into
1: that? I think what, the way that I describe it now, and I, I didn't always have the language or the ability to mm. understand it until recent years, um, especially writing my book. But the way that I describe this is, I had lost so much that everything else had fallen away. You know, like the basic things of, oh, oh, I want those new shoes, or I want to go out clubbing with my friends, or I want to go on holiday. All of that had just all fell away. It was all insignificant. And what I realised, even all the tragic events that have happened to me since, because that's only just a snapshot of my life. My life is a very much a roller coaster. And the way I look at it is I couldn't have the amazing, joyous miracles that I've also had in my life if I hadn't had those dark points. Mm -hmm. Because the knowing for me comes from when all the shit, all the things have happened and everything's fallen away, you're left with you. You're only left with yourself and your power. And what what I've trained myself to do since is let my mind follow my heart and not the other way around you know because when you describe that when you're speaking to people and you can only get them to a certain level on the rung of knowing it's because they're stuck in their heads it's that fearful ego oh my god this is going to happen that's going to happen and to be honest it's all absolute madness but your brain is a wonderful tool and that's why i call myself a mindset healer because our brains can create so much positive energy in our lives right Mm -hmm. but only if it's following our wisdom, only if it's following our heart. Because our heart's like, I read this or heard this on a podcast last week or a couple of weeks ago, our heart can heart can be like 5,000 times more magnetic, the power of our heart, than our brain. So it's, again, going back to that, everything else falls away. If there's nothing else in the world and it's just you and that power, that's where I get my knowing. And even like, just to add on to that, I think there's a spiritual element for it, but not I think. I know there's a spiritual element for me as well. So if I go back to when my dad died, the very first point this happened to me, when my dad died, we were at the funeral. It was absolute chaos. It was a sweltering hot day in the cost of El Sol. Hundreds of people everywhere. And the madness of it all, I had lost my hairband. I had long, frizzy hair at the time. It was all stuck to my face. It was just all chaos. And then we got into the chapel. It was a bit cooler. And I don't know what happened, but I seen something above his coffin. And it looked like a light, like a spark of light on like a bird or something. And I'm looking around, I year old be looking around, what the, can nobody else see this? And what the strangest thing is, and I can't still to this day describe what it was, but it's how it made me feel. Whatever I was seeing in that moment calmed me right down and made me able to breathe and maybe, and probably got me through those. And actually just after the funeral, I turned around to my mum and my sister and said, we're moving home. We're moving back home and my mum's like, what are you talking about? This has been our home for a few years now. We're living in Spain. I'm like, no, we're going back to Scotland. And my mum said to me, oh, great. Just you remember that then when the the rain's pouring down the windows and we're stuck outside all the time? (laughs) (laughs) She never let me, she never let me live that down. But yeah, so I just had this knowing. I'm like, no, we're going back to Scotland. All my mum's family was there. I just felt more grounded here. And even after my career, it's taken me to work in Jersey, Istanbul, Hong Kong. And I've came back to Glasgow because I just really feel like Scotland is is my place. Yeah. And I've toyed with the idea of living in the states. My husband's lived all over as well, but I just know again that knowing when I come back to Scotland, especially Glasgow, I love Glasgow. It's like my grounding place. So I think where you are as well energetically, where you are, logistically as well, can have a big impact on how you can access that knowing.
0: And that was them as well. How grounded are you? And, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm loving it. I'm so inspired, Lazara. And actually, the day we are recording this, which is the 1st of May, International Workers' Day, mm-hmm. Solidarity, is five years ago today I became self-employed. So I checked my job, walked away from my job and decided to work on my own. When I reflect on that, I had a deep knowing then. But I was also, like, just over a year on the other side of a, like, big brain injury and I think I was very attached to my knowing then. Would I have been brave enough to do it now? I don't know. I don't think I'd have been brave enough to do it before. So do you think maybe the point is that we've all got the deep knowing, it's just we've got so much shit going on that we don't listen to it? Yes. I think
1: there's so much shit going on and so much crap with the ego. So many choices now. I've listened to this other day. Like even you go to buy pasta now and there's like 20 different varieties of pasta. And suddenly we're faced with all these choices when we don't really need to make choices. There's a decision within us that's right for us. The other thing that I realised, as I do more work with one-to-one clients over the last couple of years, I retrained on uh, rapid transformational therapy we when I left corporate um, just before I wrote my book. In fact, attitude actually allowed me to write my book and be able to talk to you like about the tragic events that happened to me because even though I had got my personal growth and development stuff together, there was still a lot of pain inside me and there's still a lot of trauma and heartache. What I realise is that if you haven't dealt with your pain, your trauma and heartache, when you try and look into your heart, there's too much sadness there sometimes for people. The way I describe it, it's like the debris of all the past pain and heart that you've not dealt with. Is covering up that power that's within you. So the minute you sit, like even sometimes people can't be on their own and just sit with their own thoughts Mm -hmm. because it's just too much. And that's why I love helping people now to go, you know what, it's all going to be okay. You just have to feel through that pain. The other side of that pain is your power, is your wisdom, is your strength. And oftentimes I've spent so long running from it I had an RTT session with my therapist at the beginning of the year. And I said, I just keep getting this sense of running. I feel like I've been running my whole life and my career. Even if you look at my life, I've never stopped and lived in the one place for very long. I always keep moving. And for the first time, I don't feel like that anymore. And it's funny, we're supposed to be moving to Spain. We've got a townhouse in Spain and we but we're going to spend most of the time there and then just come back to Glasgow now and again. But now we're not like we're going to swap that around and just leave that as to- a holiday home, but at the beginning of the year she said to me, right, she my subconscious mind, because it's hypnosis and you're down deep. What what would happen if you stopped running, I Ask yourself, what and you know do you know what I said? And I could feel it with every ounce in my body. I said, what so she said, what does the pain want to do? When you stop, what's it going to do? And these words came out of my mouth, I don't even know where it came from. It said, hold me. It just wants to hold me. Mm-hmm. And I just started crying i swear to god i was so embarrassed because you know when you cry and there's like snot just dripping from your nose and everything and she said to me i said don't worry i've seen a lot of snot in my time but i was sobbing uncontrollably for like 10 minutes it was if i'd finally just let myself be you know you don't need to keep running you can be held your yourself wants to just hold you in that pain and that's what i love about the deep work is that you can go I don't need any of the to come and save me. Mm. I don't need outside circumstances to be perfect. And quite often they're never perfect. Once you've got your own power, you can hold yourself. And that's when the magic starts to happen. That's when your outside circumstances start to shift in absolutely phenomenal ways. I could tell you some just miraculous things that have happened to me. And I, again, I keep saying this, I'm only 44. I've got no idea what's next. I'm a bit terrified that... To your point, like, I've gone out on oh, no, I'm on that. I'm at the beginning of this business journey. Yeah. And I'm a bit, like, some days I'm like, this is going to be phenomenal. And other days I'm like, I've not got a clue what I'm doing here. <laughs> and I think it's
0: all right, isn't it? Because, like, you were at a mm-hmm. presentation I did recently on trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about the way people sometimes say, oh, but it's okay for you, Anne. Because you're really positive, and then a wee bit like, do you think it didn't take a lot of work to get this positive? Do you not think it's like a daily? I wouldn't call it work. Practice. It's a daily practice to mm-hmm. be positive, to be engaged, to keep my eye on the prize of what it is I'm going for. That is daily practice. And do you mm-hmm. get that? Therefore, people because you listen. You know, I I listen to your story. How how heartbreaking to like be on the beach with your dad and he dies, and then I can't mm-hmm. even imagine the pain of losing a sister, especially when you're a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do see what people say? Do do people say that to you? I mean, it's all right for you, Lazara, because you're really positive. All the
1: time, mm-hmm. I've heard that my entire life. Like even. Mm-hmm. I've got people that are close to me and I I get the sense that they think oh well sorry for you you've got money you've got resources you're living in a life house in and you're and I kind of think to myself right you're saying that because you're in a place where you're not right with yourself it's got absolutely nothing to do with me so that's fine but and that's what I I love about when people have read my book because it's like it's not okay for me. I'm and There's no hierarchy to pain. I say that to people as yeah, well. Yeah. I have gone through some a, a mad tragic events, even two years before the wedding in One Devonshire Gardens. I was in the resuscitation unit of the Queen Elizabeth Hospital, nearly dead from a huge miscarriage from a pregnancy I didn't even know. It was just a really strange sequence of events, and I'd lost litres of blood, and I could hear my baby outside and be my husband it was just it just things like that happened to me but then three weeks later I was there in one Devonshire Gardens surrounded in the most beautiful uh, place and having the, the best day of my life um and I say look it, it's not all right for me because um, like you I've also went through a lot of crap there's no hierarchy to this but you have to work at it every day you have to work at it I do think that I've naturally got a sunnier you know, That disposition. disposition, yeah. I, me too. I've always felt like I've always been high vibe, high energy, and energetics, and I, and I always look at like sometimes even in work and some of the craziest projects I've been involved with, with thousands of people, projects that have impact people in eighty seven different countries, and I'm going like, why is everybody lost on it? You know, why is everyone being so negative? This is exciting. Or even like growing up, always been the one that would be really excited about what we were doing, and everyone looking at me it's just to like, say you Are going to calm down, you know? So I've always been that person. And to deal with that trauma and all the crap that's happened to me, I have to work at it. I journal every morning. I meditate. Like, my husband was calling me tiny tears for two years after I had my, my second uh, child, because although the world was going through a pandemic, I was breastfeeding her. She breastfed her for the first 15 months, and I basically didn't leave the house. And I had gone from, in Hong Kong, Hong Kong being this, networker, always in front of people on a stage or training leaders at conferences in different countries in Asia. I was actually just sitting in my house in Glasgow, not leaving the house. And I went through this really dark night of the soul. I see it lasted two years. I cried and cried and I wrote and I meditated and I had the, you know, the smudging and all that. And my husband's like, you've finally lost it now. <laughs> he's like old school. He's 53, doesn't look really fit. But he's he's... Um, He's old school London finance guy, you know. He doesn't, he's not into chakra balancing and smudging and all that. And right. it just takes me all the time. But I do have a lot of practices. It takes a lot of work mm-hmm. to be able to process your pain and shift it. Now, I say it's a lot of work, but what, I keep saying this again. What is on the other side of that is absolutely magnificent.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And before we finish up, I wanted to take you back to something I wrote down just when you started talking and you said you were mm-hmm. telling the story about obviously what your mum said to you and that after your sister passing, which is just just awful. But you had that realisation, I've got a choice here, that you had again when you mm-hmm. were 19 and everybody thought you were on the headwind. I've got a choice here. Mm-hmm. I always believe I've got a choice too. It might not be the choices that I want, but I always believe I do have a choice. But a lot of people think they don't have choice, as if everything is predetermined mm-hmm. for them. And I find that like, if I, I don't give out advice, I have to say, it's not really my thing. I always reflect back to people what it is that they're, they're actually dealing with, because I believe we all have the answers ourselves. But so mm-hmm. many people believe they don't have a choice. I think maybe society wants us right. that way, but... How do you know that you've always got a choice and how that shows up in your life? Or even how do you express that to those that you're working with about choice?
1: I think if I feel myself in my own experience when I start to feel that helplessness, I always go back to just the very basics of my life. Have I not, have I not slept enough? Because when you're in that fearful, I've not got a choice place. If you're tired, if you're dehydrated, if you've been eating looked up, if you've been drinking, all of these things contribute... And oftentimes I have to take a step back and go, right, the reason why I feel helpless is like I've not got a choice is because I'm just basically I'm not doing the right things physically to get my energy in the right place. And and people will write to me and go, oh, my God, like I've just read your book or I, I'm familiar with some of the work that you're doing, like what do you do and how I speak to my clients. and say, we try and think that even the choices that we make about how we live our lives don't impact our minds, but they do. Everything does. So just on a very basic level, because there's no point me doing deep work with you and sending you a hypnosis that you're listening to for 21 days and we uncover things in the path when you're maybe making poor choices that are going to still impact your energy every day because then you're fighting oh. an uphill struggle. So I just say, kind of keep to the basics and really dive deep into your body and the energy of your body. You've got a choice in what you put in your body. You've got a choice to how you actually live your day, day to day. Just go back to that very basic level. And I find that if you can get people to just go, this is what I do, my step one, is: what is your current reality? Mm -hmm. Because you're saying you don't have a choice, but there's something that you're choosing every day that's making you feel like that. You might be in a shitty relationship. You might be doing a job that you absolutely hate. You might, I don't know, be drinking too much, which I've noticed, like, even me, I'm starting to question my relationship with alcohol now, like, since moving back home. It's just to get into these we and rhythms with it That I could lose a day with a hangover I was talking about the Prosecco Blues last week It's uh-huh. like, I don't know, I want to just have that energy dip So again, it's just going back to that What are you not looking at in your life? Because once you face up to the basics Once you face up to the big elephant in the room Of your life, the thing that you are not want to address If you face that Then suddenly you start to see More opportunities and more options Because you've got rid of that big thing That's running your life negatively Oh,
0: it's been such a good conversation Thank you so much for coming on the podcast Lazara. but before we finish up Tell me, what is the name of your book And where can people get it if they want to read it Thank you, so so you can turn
1: this around The Words mm-hmm. of My Mum, a memoir Subtitle is How I Learned to Become My Own Fairy Godmother Wonderful, and that's just like On Amazon just and just everything, yeah Amazon, yes, yeah, you can get it on Amazon And actually even just Google my name Lizara Canton and it will come up with my Website and I think it, because it's an unusual name, Even with the uh-huh. brain, it's an unusual name. Uh huh. Um, yeah. That's what you said to me when I met you last week. There's only one of me.
0: You never, you never meet another. Lazara Canton. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: There's, you won't, you won't get me mixed up with anybody else. And that has caused a lot of confusion growing up because I was, I always hated my name because it's so different. But as I've gotten older, I've leaned into it more. Oh,
0: perfect, perfect. Thank you so much, Lazara.
1: Thank you, Anne cheers.
0: Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite.